1: Hello, friends. Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. My name is Joe Lynch. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today's topic is retail delivery trends with my friend Matt Schultz. How's it going, Matt? Okay. Nice to be here. Excellent. Well, I'm glad to have you here, Matt. And by the way, we're going to talk about retail delivery trends and Matt and his team over at OneRail, they know what's going on on this end of things. So there's a lot of changes and it's funny since the pandemic, it just continues to change. It's such a dynamic space. And I think the bar is going up every day on this business too. So anyway, Matt, please introduce yourself and your company and where you're calling from today.
0: My name is Matt Schultz. I am the vice president of Logistics Partnerships. We are in, OneRail is in Orlando, Florida, based in Orlando, Florida. And we do have remote employees all over the country as well.
1: I know, but you guys got a lot of people down in Orlando. How did you guys have survived Ian?
0: Well, in Florida, obviously everybody can see what happened to South Florida. In the Orlando area, we didn't get quite, get his bad but the, there's after summertime there's nowhere for the water to go it's already the ground's already saturated there's just nowhere for the water to grow, go so there's a lot of places in and around all the central uh, Florida locations uh, and cities that are aren't are in a flood stage until somewhere around Thanksgiving they're saying so yeah it's, it was even was pretty rough from the the rain and the wind standpoint for sure right right so
1: Matt, what does one rail do
0: so, OneRail is a, a fully automated and managed delivery solution that or, orchestrates all deliveries for any business, no matter what business that is.
1: Now, is that last mile, middle mile?
0: That is, believe it or not, that would be everything. So that could be last mile, middle mile. There's not much that you know we won't do, and we won't say we won't say no to.
1: Excellent, excellent. So, tell us a little bit about you before we get into the, today's topic. Uh, where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? Uh, and give us some career highlights before you join the Mighty One Rail.
0: Yeah, very good. Yeah. So I am. Uh, I was originally born in, uh, in uh, Wisconsin, very short time in my life there, about six months, but I grew up in Southern New Jersey. That's where I met my wife. Uh, we've been married married 28 years, five kids. Yep. And we moved to Florida here in 2016, mostly because of the weather, but it was for business reasons at that time as well. My career started, obviously, I went to Westchester University in, in Pennsylvania and quickly moved into the workforce with Safety Clean Corporation. And with Safety Clean, I, I actually came in as just, you know, just a warehouse, just a you know parts person and worked myself up to be a DC manager and then helped them with their, at that time with Safety Clean, and I was there for 13 years. You know, hazardous waste was just really getting like, oh boy, hazardous waste. What do we do with it? How do we track it? All those types of things. Help them design. And at that point, Safety Clean was, I think, the leader in the world of hazardous waste recycling. Uh, Help them design their corporate waste tracking system. Uh, not from a technical standpoint, more of an operational standpoint. And then traveled the country and trained that as well.
1: Well, that's a big company, right? They've got the, and, and their business is beyond just hazardous waste, right?
0: It is. It is. And it's it's morphed into so much more since then, since I've been there. But in that day, it was mostly hazardous waste. And, you know, how do we track this properly? You know, how is it inspected? How, how do states come in and, and know what's going, you know, through your system, where it goes, how it's being recycled, right. all those types of things. So, yeah, it was it was uh, it was exciting because I was very young at that time as well.
1: Yeah, it, it's funny that, the, that that B2B with a lot of distribution and a lot of coordination of warehousing stuff probably was very unsexy then, wasn't the, the hot spot it is all of a sudden today. <laughs> exa- now now exactly all of a sudden right. you're looking back and going, you know, that was the plan. That was always the plan. I wanted to get in early. <laughs> so where'd you go from Safety Clean?
0: From Safety Clean, I believe it or not, I completely pivoted my career into the fitness uh, industry. And for the first couple of years, I, I was just learning my way through the fitness landscape, and you know how to run facilities, designing operations manuals, and, and those types of things. And in 2005, with the with the current or the, the then a CEO of the company, we built Retro Fitness, and it was just us two at the beginning: CEO and, and me as the, the VP of Ops, writing operations manuals, selling our franchises, training those franchisees through our system, and. And, and and why you do what you do and how to make the brand grow. I did that all the way up to 2019.
1: Yeah, before we hit record, we were talking about franchises. And, you know, when you go to, and, and God knows we all shouldn't go as much as we do. Somebody's going to McDonald's, everyone denies it. But when you go to McDonald's, there is, for the most part, consistency, no matter where you go. And that doesn't happen with most businesses. You can't, you know, you worked at Safety Clean, I'm sure you said... A lot of consistency there, but when we talk about like our business and, and delivery experience, it's difficult to have people follow the process, follow the rules, follow the procedure every single time. It's the biggest problem with franchising is the consistency problem
0: right so yeah and, and it's it's you know to to train and go through that process for so many years, you know it's you know if you can get people to understand to build the brands, Right, the build the brands. You have to do things alike. People have to go if they're they're visiting a, a food establishment in, in New Jersey that's a franchise, and and they go to Florida, they expect the same you know experience. They that's why they go. Right? Is oh, I know that I want. And, and if the experience isn't right, they're gonna stop going. And you know it's it's you have to make people understand that.
1: Right, right. That's the that's the whole business. And I can't imagine if you work at you your M- McDonald's franchise and you are hiring a whole bunch of younger people maybe their first job and then you got some retirees you got people aren't not everybody working there is you know career track and you've got to get them to follow that model. process the same right. with the gym you know you're not getting you're not getting somebody coming out of their MBA program to go work at the gym you're getting somebody who's said hey may I'd like to own my own gym someday they and that's the problem <laughs> you, you got consistency matters
0: it's, a, it's about following the model being consistent even if you look Look, look at NFL franchises—the ones that are consistent and they follow a model. They're usually at the top of their divisions and and in the playoff hunt every single year. The Patriots of the world and and those type of people. Even oh my you know, god, as much as we might dislike that sometimes, uh, me being a Steelers fan, I come from the same you know same type of thing. You watch that and and you watch that you know process of hiring coaches and them being there for a long time. And you see teams that hire a coach and, and new coordinators every year. And those teams are always just always Wait, in the are middle.
1: You ta- if you're talking about Detroit, you can just come right out and say, <laughs> <laughs> hey, they- by the way, I saw to your point, I saw yesterday in Forbes, the, the Forbes 400 edition. I'm again, not in it, <laughs> but they had the top football teams in value. Detroit Lions were very last. And you look and go, this is crazy in a in a market that is fanatical about football. We fill the stadium at Michigan Stadium, 40 minutes away, 110,000, 112,000 people every weekend. In East Lansing, they fill their stadium they, for the Spartans, I think, I don't know, 70,000, 80,000 people per game. That's 90 minutes from Detroit. They still fill up Ford Field. And we we've, we've been unsuccessful here since the 50s, since the 50s. It's crazy, and yeah, something's wrong. And and but you, you mentioned, can we change general managers and coaches every few years? Oh yeah, absolutely. So when
0: you have a whole new regime comes in, all new model comes in, have to relearn everything. And if we could just follow the script and follow the model well, we you're in we did
1: that. You. We hired we hired the we hired the Patriots general yeah. manager, brought him over here, and said, "Hey, how can we possibly go wrong? We figured it out. We, we figured it out." <laughs> Every Lions fan is entitled to a secondary team. For a long time, it was the Steelers for me. I loved Mean Joe Green <laughs> and Franco Harris. Yep. and Yeah, so I've always been a Steeler fan. And then uh, my, my Tom Brady was a, a Wolverine. So when he moved to uh, Patriots, we were just happy he got drafted. <laughs> <laughs> He's done all right. But anyway, when and why did you join OneRail?
0: Well, back in 2019, pretty much is when you know COVID was in play. So for the fitness industry, there was a a lot of uncertainty, right? And it, and a lot of those service industri- industries there were. And it just at that point, the company had changed. You know, their their the view and
1: time to move. <laughs>
0: yeah, they switched. To, you know, they they you know brought in new teams of people. And at that point, I was like, okay, it's maybe it's time to you know try something different and. And that's when I met, you know, Bill and Lisa. I had known Lisa from a previous career, that being from the gym industry. And Lisa and Bill are co-founders of the company.
1: That's Bill and Lisa Catania.
0: Yes. Yep. And they introduced me to the process and, and it was a very short dating period. And I accepted the work and 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 today I Hopefully, I'm, I've been brought in, and, and I think I have as by my, that franchising mindset. And and I, again, I deal with the logistical partners more than I deal with the, the the shipping partners, but it's all it's all hand in hand, right? It all works the same. Might work differently and have different processes, but there has to be process. So that's 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 what I'm here for. And, and so far, so good.
1: Yeah, I have not interviewed Lisa yet, but I did interview Bill. And I thought it was very interesting, and you maybe can elaborate on this. But Bill told a story about kind of how this business came about. He said, he, I think he was at uh, one of the big box stores. I won't mention the name. Yep. And he said, I would like that washer. Was it a refrigerator? Refrigerator. Back? Mm-hmm. And he's and he picked it out, and and they said, Yeah, that's uh, that's the one. We'll get it. Yeah, we, let's pay up here, and we'll get it delivered to your house in uh, ten days. 10 days. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he's like. Ten days, like I, I need a refrigerator now. Like usually, when you go and buy refrigerators, because it's doing something wrong, right? Exactly right. Yes. <laughs> and so he, so he's like, I think he got a pickup truck and took it home himself. And but that was the genesis of the business, am I right? That was the genesis of the business. Exactly right. Let's find,
0: let's find that volume somewhere. That capacity's got to be there somewhere. So let's find it and let's hook it all up together and, and let's make that delivery.
1: Right. Yeah, and, and I would go one step further. This is just my own thinking, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think I'm right. If you're like a, these companies, um, like all the big box stores, there was no national brand that was coming to you and saying, I can do it in Orlando and in New York and in Nevada and in Washington, D.C. and, and in Seattle. So you would call and I say, yeah, I called Joe and Matt's tote. Tope business, and they said, yeah, we, we'll pick it up anywhere you want as long as it's in Orlando, and then we'll drop it off at your house in 10 days. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and all, Everything's scheduled, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the the problem, problem you run into is these large brands. You can't afford to be using a small onesie-twosie business. You need somebody with nationwide coverage. You need somebody who's got technology and operational excellence and management and... A little bit of heft,
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, all in one place. So, and and you still see that today, where where you know you know we're out there actively selling the platform, and companies still are large, small, medium. It doesn't really matter. They're still you know using those localized companies. They still have multiple different platforms they have to log into. Just to find a delivery partner, so that that that's you know that that's still happening, and and hopefully we'll we'll get to a point where it's not like that, and the supply chain is great, but that still happens today.
1: It reminds me when I was selling, I was managing a, a I was the general manager of a logistics company, and I remember when we would show up with a transportation management system, a, a TMS, and I would talk to people, talk to them, how how do you currently get your LTL carriers and your truckload carriers, and they'd go, well for uh Jim at uh, tr- Jim's trucking I text him typically and then he texts me back always within 1 hour and when uh this guy likes emails this guy he has his own system you know and it was always this this myriad of approaches that was not right and then when you say how about you use a transportation management system where everything is in one place they would just look at you like oh my god that that's like the dream you know all my shipments tracked and it was for a minute, when I was selling that, it was like you walk in and it was like you were, um, it was like you're Steve Jobs stopping by to talk about their business. And then all of a sudden, everybody got up to speed. And, th- and that became very rare for you know somebody to say, oh, I text this guy and I email this guy. It, it all seemed so antiquated very soon. But as soon as we got that done, we had changes. Obviously, COVID changed everything. We started to want home delivery. And that final mile... By the way, we never used to even say "final mile." We just said uh, we got we got trucking, right? And nobody talked about the final mile at all. But suddenly, it's super important, and it had this has the same problem that we had with over the road trucking and less than truckload. No systems, and no nobody who could come in and consolidate a whole bunch of capacity and, and use technology to connect it. We didn't we didn't have it. And that's that's
0: what we're here for. <laughs> that's yes, what we're here for. Yeah.
1: So, t- tell us a little what 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 OneRail has and what you guys do.
0: So it's you know we 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 talked about it earlier, but you know we're we're that delivery orchestration platform, right? We're that one place where you can log into, you know, put your order in, whether it's a manual order, an upload, a coming from your POS system, ERP, whatever that is. And have full visibility of that delivery from start to finish in one place, no matter who the who, who delivery partner is. That that is what we choose on our end, right? We're delivering who that who's handling that volume, what capacity we have is handling that volume, and it's going to be based off of a lot of different things, right? So you know weight and size, where they can you know areas that they can work in, fleet capabilities, all those things. We're doing all that smart matching in the background with AI, in real time in a matter of milliseconds and, and matching that delivery to the right delivery part.
1: Right. I haven't asked, uh, I, I did ask, I think Bill Catanius mentioned it, but how many, uh, how many partners do you guys have in your system?
0: If we're talking about logistical partners in, in that capacity we have out there, we work with about seven to
1: 800
0: uh, different entities that uh, consist of over 10 million drivers. <laughs> that's like
1: crazy. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> that's all the
0: way from the, you know, the, the b- bikes, honestly, we, the the bicycle riders all the way up to LTL, FTL, and more.
1: But but to have nationwide coverage, to have not only moving refrigerators but also moving a prescription, you need that. Food.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly right.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a crazy new world, but again, it makes a hundred percent sense. And you know, I've said this in my podcast many times. When we had COVID hit at that time, we thought. Two percent of the population could die. Three percent, and I remember just that—the the horror of that. And I remember I would go grocery shopping, and I brought—I'm and I'm not super paranoid about any of this—but I brought my groceries home and washed them in my sink <laughs> because I was afraid somebody with COVID might have touched my my uh, orange juice. So I got to—I got to rinse it off. I got to clean it, and then they're all sitting drying out in a rack. <laughs> all my groceries. We were truly worried about what was going to happen. And so all of a sudden, all these gig economy workers stepped in. We saw Shipped, we saw Instacart, and a million others like them. And I'll say that that was great. They stepped up, they filled a void. But the problem I have with it as a logistics guy is I know that guy has just dropped his kids off at football practice and he went and went shopping and he dropped it off at my house. He's not exactly. He's not exactly committed to this gig and which is fine but there needs to be somebody above him and i guess you would call that the orchestration layer there needs to be somebody who's bringing routing and technology and operational excellence and i mean that's the grind that's what i need and you know god bless all the people who are doing the freelancing there's nothing wrong with them it's the problem is as a big company, I can't work with them. I need somebody who is taking care of business. <laughs>
0: right. Exactly right. Yeah. Those, the companies like that and they get, you You said it, they served a purpose and it was a good purpose for a long time. I, you know, I myself have used uh, shift and it was during the, you know, the pandemic period, right? It wasn't, Florida wasn't shut down for very long, but it was, it was shut down for a short amount of time
1: covid covid's afraid of florida and texas <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh, anyway that the 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 issue now is that the 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 experience that the shopper has right so that that experience goes through a marketplace and not through the actual business yeah. right so
1: this this brings us to we, we want to talk about three things. And one of the things we want to talk about first is the problem with the marketplaces. I'm going to tell, I'm going to say it in my layman's term, my experience. So I live in Michigan and I, I shop at Meyer. Meyer is just like Walmart. We would say those of us who are in Michigan, we're partial to it because it's based in Michigan. Meyer, I think is in six States. So I ordered some groceries from Meyer and uh, they brought my uh, diet Coke, except that time they brought caffeine free diet Coke, which why would I need that? So I said to the, I'll, I'll just return it myself. So I went over to Meyer the next day, said, I want to, I want to replace these caffeine free diet Coke with real diet Coke. And they said, okay, no problem. Like, what's your phone number? Gave my phone number. That's, that's my customer number at Meyer. And then they said, uh, when did you buy these? I said, yesterday, she said, we don't have that in the system. And it hit me right then. I've been shopping at Meyer for over 20 years. And suddenly when I use Shipped, I was Shipped's customer, not Meyer's customer. And my experience is not with Meyer, it's with Shipped. And, and then what I've and I was like, ooh, that's bad. And then I learned that companies like Meyer lose money on deals with shipped. And I learned one more thing. And I think I learned it from uh could have been you or one of your friends over at OneRail, is Sometimes companies like that go to their own fulfillment center and get the Diet Coke. And so Meyer potentially loses on the sale because they said, We got Diet Coke too. So we made the sale. And at, what it tells me is I hired somebody who's competing against me. And at some point, Shipped, and I'm not picking on Shipped, I think it's a great company. At some point, Shipped could send me a note saying, $80 off your first order with ship fulfillment. And now I'm now I'm their customer. <laughs> That's not the kind of partner I want to work with if I'm a big retailer. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, it takes
0: away the whole experience. Now your experience isn't a Meijer experience anymore. You've totally lost that. You know, the only way to gain that back is, you know, for them to change their process. You know, and 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 bring that. You know, in the other part of that whole customer experience is that what it will do? It'll it'll drive you to go somewhere else. You know, that may have the right experience, and and in this day and age, you know, with everybody competing for everything, you gotta you gotta avoid that. And you gotta know, you know, what you want to do, how you want to do it, and and create that process around that, and have control of that right. type of items. You know, what I always say is that have you know, let let sell. And do what you do best. Let a orchestration platform delivery company or, or that can find you delivery companies do what they do best. Right? We're not we're not trying to sell for you, but we'll get your stuff delivered for yeah. sure.
1: You're not right? going to you're not going to open up a fulfillment center and sell against your customers oh, or a no. tire store. <laughs> <laughs> no, we are not. Right? Yeah. And so, who's your who's the who's the sweet spot for one rail?
0: Honestly, our sweet spot. Uh, yeah, I you know I, I'll probably uh, you know. There's nothing we'd say no to. Let me just say, say that we but do a
1: lot of B two B, right?
0: We do a lot of B two B. A lot, you know, automotive, industrial, food and beverage, uh, you know, pet food, all those types of things, and we we do a lot more as well. But I think our sweet spot is is in those realms.
1: Yep, yep. And so anyway, we're talking about the problem with the marketplaces, and there's a lot of marketplaces out there. That potentially, and again, the devil's in the detail. Um, I think there was not, not a lot of options out there, so people were saying, "Hey, look, this is a nationwide option. We'll take advantage." And, "Hey, so what? We're we're putting somebody into business. So what? We're uh, <laughs> we we don't have a necessarily all the control we want over this partner." I'm doing the air quotes here. <laughs> My partner who now competes against me, and when you don't have full control, I mentioned. Um, my mom got some groceries delivered. It's Supposed to be there at three in the afternoon. It gets there at ten thirty at night. Now, luckily, I was there. It was some guy, you know, nice enough guy. But if my mom's older. They're knocking on her door at ten thirty at night. She's lucky. They're lucky I was there because she probably would have said, "Come back tomorrow." And I was thinking that they, they don't have control over that. There's no, there's that's 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 a process that is completely out of control. And I would as the retailer, that guy's representing you. For all you know, it delivered on time. It's out of your control.
0: Now, now you coming from the logistical industry, you know that it's that that it's that company. But for the most part, when you when you look at it, it doesn't matter if you're in franchising. it doesn't matter what you do. If you're outsourcing something, it doesn't matter. People don't see that. They see Meyer. Yeah. They see ShopRite. They see right. Publics, right? That's that's what they see. They don't see all that. Yeah, we do, we see it, but that's not the normal person, right? The normal person just sees, Hey, my guy came at ten o'clock, not three. I needed that stuff for dinner, whatever the thing is. And and you know, they weren't just didn't make they didn't meet expectations.
1: Right. And I think another thing we talked about before we hit record. If I work with one rail, I can specify how my delivery happens. So I could say Matt, I don't want anybody with face tattoos or nose rings. Not that I care, I don't. But I know some older people might, right? Some and depending what your product is, you might say I don't give a damn, but it's off-brand for us, so <laughs> I don't Correct. want that.
0: Yeah, and it's and it's everything. What what does the vehicle look like? Well, what, what it, is this a uniformed employee? There's all those things that you can actually choose to have happen through the one rail system. So for sure uh you're now you're in control of the that part of the experience right we're delivering we're not the marketplace we're showing up with what you asked us to show up with the right the right vehicle type the right the right dress code wh- whatever those things are that you're looking for to make your customer experience better and the job gets done in the in the time frame that you want it done in that's you know if you're making a delivery promise it's it's a delivery promise so if it's promised by three o'clock. It better be there by three o'clock. And if it's not there by three, it better be there by three thirty. And there might better be good reason, you know, accidents, weather, whatever that is. But and and, and have a human side. So that's another thing that our, our shipper partners don't have to have. They don't have to deal with that ex- delivery, that whole delivery experience. We handle that delivery experience from that standpoint. We're talking to the drivers. We're talking to the end customer. We're taking that on ourselves to make that delivery experience even better. But you you
1: can define that with your customers who might we be, can a, define it. Might be a, a tire store, might be a big retailer, might be a million different types of businesses. You say, let us define how that, let us work with you and define how that has to happen every single time. Every single time. Yeah, you know, I need the uniforms. So your job as the head of partnerships, you're always looking for partners who can meet the needs of your shippers. Exactly right. And our future shippers. So we're
0: always looking ahead. That's what we're doing right now. Like, like I said, we have 10 million, you know, assets in the system, 10 million drivers, 10 million plus. But we're always looking for the next, you know, what are we moving into next? What, you know, are we we're gonna, are we moving into, you know, what kind of medical are, are we moving into? Do we need refrigerated? Do we need all those types of things? And that's what we're looking for. Always looking ahead.
1: Right. And so you can work with anybody, whether they're, a retired guy who just wants to make uh, get out of the house for 15 hours a week to the largest national carrier. Correct. And your guys will say, "I we have control. We have a big team. We have the technology. We're going to define what this looks like, so everybody gets the right delivery experience every single time."
0: Yeah, especially with the technology, we also have the, the processes and procedures, right? So we're taking and onboarding, you know, our those partners properly for each specific customer every customer is different so every shipper is different
1: but that's kind of the the technology for some of us i think for most of us now is so tech enabled i mean when you get what has to be yeah Mm -hmm. and so though the amazon's kind of always set that bar and but i think there's so many companies doing it well now and we and and maybe some you don't know who's necessarily managing in between but i can tell you if you don't have if you don't have somebody with the right technology, you're not going to get them the updates, you're not going to get the confirmation emails, whatever whatever it is you defined, you're not going to necessarily get it when you're working with, you know, a local delivery shop. It's just not what they do.
0: Correct. And you'd be and maybe you wouldn't be surprised, but many people would be surprised how how many of the entities out there that do delivery still don't have technology. Oh, right. Yeah. Part of our platform is that you have to have it. We have to have full visibility. You have to have, you know, we have to have the, the PODs at the end. We have to have true tracking. So our customers and we obviously can see it. And, you know, and we give that when they don't have it, we give it away. So, And
1: and by the way, I'm sure you have this conversation probably every week, but this is my sense of it is, and let's just say you and I started a delivery company and we said, we're going to actually buy trucks. We're going to buy a whole bunch of Sprinter vans. We're going to buy a whole bunch of Macan lines and we're going to deliver this this and this and we're going to be the best. We're we're investing in trucks, we're investing in drivers. We're not going to invest necessarily in tech. So when they can find a one rail that says, "Hey, we will we already have an ops team, we already have a technology, we already have customers to go, ooh, that's perfect." Right. I don't want I don't I don't want to become a techie. I did not want to become, you know, an ops team. I don't want to do, hire a whole back office, right? Right. So it works well. And it's just the same with, um, we we see this across the whole industry. There's a lot of companies that are investing in trucks. Well, trucks are expensive. Right? They are. So they don't necessarily, say, you can't invest everywhere. I mean, only the very biggest trucking companies can say, we're going to develop our own tech, right? It's too, too expensive. Yeah, it's too expensive. So anyway, we talked about a few things. First, we talked about the problem with the marketplace, and that is a lack of control They're potentially bad experience. They're competing with you. They're costing you money. Don't want any of that. Secondly, we talked about like owning the customer experience. You should, if you're the, if you're the company that's shipping something, you should be able to define and own that experience and know that it's consistently happening. That's what Matt and his team do. What's the last thing that we want to talk about?
0: I think it's the, 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 the shipper or the customer knowing exactly what they want. It's not just jumping into it, jumping into the delivery business because everybody else is doing it. You got to know what your customers want. And from the very smallest thing to the largest, right? So do they want one hour delivery or do they really want by the end of the day, right? Do they want those types of things? What, don't be sold into something your customers don't necessarily need or want. Your customers want their deliveries on time. Let the delivery company, let the orchestration platform do what it does best and get those deliveries on time.
1: You keep selling, right? Right. So so that the third thing is, well, well, I think we're talking about two things. So what's first off is, you don't want the delivery company saying, here's what the experience will look like. You want them to say, I own this. They're my customers. Here's what I want. So if I, I want to work with like a one rail that says, we don't care how, we don't care what you want, we'll, we'll make it happen. Tell us how, you, what do you want us to do? And then you have that, that, that tech, that orchestration platform that allows this to happen with that. Again, it's got to be tech enabled. It, it The technology not only makes it easier to do, but it's also kind of what the consumers want to. Right.
0: And this is designed for them, right? So uh, the platform, especially our platform, is designed for the customer. It's not it's not the same thing as everybody else has. Right. You're not logging into a marketplace and the marketplace doing all the work for you. You're. You just have a delivery platform that you see everything orchestrated and everything running smoothly from yeah. start to finish. And that's, that's essentially what the, you know what I feel makes any customer, any shipping experience better, right? It's one place that you log into that you can see all your deliveries. You just know the deliveries are getting done. And you're, they're getting done the way you want them done, not the way the company wants them done or the products that the company wants to replace
1: right and by the way i know this isn't working i was just at i just went out to dinner the other night with a sunday night with a friend and he's he was texting and he kept texting back and forth i was like what are you doing he goes it was i was supposed to it was a grocery store he goes i was supposed to pick up my groceries at noon and it was sunday so it was football day so he goes zooms by there at noon and they don't come out. Well, he's got a bad leg, so he's he calls them, says, Hey, I'm out in the parking lot. They're like, Hey, we're not ready. Come back in a come back in two hours. And he goes, Two hours? How about you deliver it to my house? I'm like a mile away. And um, which I by the way, I don't know why he's not having me to deliver it anyway. But <laughs> we are having dinner at seven o'clock at night, and he's still he's still in their system texting somebody, doing the whole I'm thinking, that's horrible that's horrible and by the way that's a big grocery store so i know some of the grocery store chains have gotten it figured out but i'd say a lot of them don't and i will throw this out there there's a labor shortage that we're all experiencing and a lot of that labor shortage shows up in just in the space we're talking about drivers you know guys who will pack groceries right and not just groceries; I mean, just across the board. Any of those low-level jobs. There's a lot of good jobs that people are taking outside of the outside of the. Uh, you know, I, I, I talk to young people, and a lot of them say, "Oh, I'm I'm doing coding." Well, I was like, I was cutting grass when I was your age. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was I was working landscaping and construction when I was your age, not coding. <laughs> so uh, there's a lot a lot of opportunities for young people just because the labor shortage is there. So. So that's why you need someone like a one rail who says, "Hey, we got 10 million drivers." <laughs> you get it? You get it ready? We'll get it delivered for you. Exactly right. God, it's just it's just a matter of time before we're all driving for one rail <laughs> <laughs> you can easily do that we'll go through that
0: at the end but you can do that. <laughs> yeah
1: so i want to summarize this when i get your final thoughts so we talked about three three big things so first off we talked about the problem with the marketplaces and and again i know they served a purpose especially during the pandemic the ship the instacarts the problem is you don't you as the as the company you don't own them they and they, they compete against you. That's They're showing that. And you don't get to control things to the extent that you want. Secondly, the delivery experience matters more than ever. That has to be defined by the shipper. It has to be consistent every single time. They need to have ownership of that, not, not the people they use. They can't say, it's a little different when Matt delivers versus when Joe delivers. Nope, it's the same every single time. Last, we talked about the, you know, the, the importance of technology and the orchestration platform to make sure this happens seamlessly, to make sure that we can have that tech enabled experience every single time. Final thoughts, Matt Schultz.
0: I think that when we, when we sum everything up, it's, it's all about experience and it's just not experience for the end customer. It's also experience for that shipper and, you know, for their employees, for, you know, how they do, how that, how their processes and procedures work and their experience with what they're dealing with and not having to do so many different things and log into so many different platforms to do what they do. And then, and then having the full capability to get that delivery done the way they want it done, not the way they're being told it needs to be done, right? Know your customer, know what they want. And you, actually,
1: the- you actually work for the shipper, not for yourselves. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's right. That's right. And then on the customers' end, it's all about that experience, right? So they it's they need that that correct experience. Not their deliveries coming at ten o'clock tonight when they're supposed to be at three. Not not deliveries that 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 are you know broken and smashed and, and all those types of things. They it's all about experience. And if they have a bad experience, they're not going to shop from you anymore. They're going to shop so or they're going to start at least shopping somewhere else. And that till all it takes is one time, and then they get used to that process. And the same same on the other end, you know, we need that experience to be good in that the, your employees for a shipper need that experience to be easy and 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 technically uh, technologically advanced enough that they can see everything going. They don't need to worry about what's happening with delivery. It's in one rail's hands now.
1: They'll get it delivered. Right. And, you know, you mentioned that little little problem. Every problem that there is in business, there's that fear, uncertainty, doubt, FUD. And if you just type in FUD, I actually have done podcasts on FUD, just a little bit, just a little tiny bit of fear enters into the relationship because you go, I don't know, you know, maybe this will work. Maybe they'll get the stuff delivered on time today. Or uncertainty, I hope they can. I hope they somehow get this done. Or I start doubting that. Right. That's... That is not what we need in these relationships. Again, we're trying to get people to do this e-commerce and say, "I trust this." And by the way, we all trust, for the most part, Amazon. We need to get that trust across the board. So board. we stop saying Amazon sets the bar, and we're all trying to reach there. No, we have right. to say this is where we're we're consistently having an Amazon-like experience. And the only way you're going to get that is, you know, get a partner like OneRail that can actually meet that. That, that standard every single time. Right, and consistency, correct. So before you go, what I'll do is I'll put a link to your LinkedIn profile so people can reach out and bug you on LinkedIn. Correct. I'll also put a link to uh, your website and anything else uh, you, your marketing team gives me. What other what conferences are you guys going to attend? Um,
0: yeah, so up until January, we have, right now, uh, Bill is actually our, our founder and CEO. He's actually Consumers Returns in Texas. Uh, we have Synops Orlando coming up. F3 Future of Freight, I believe in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Yes,
1: that's the Freight Waves thing, yep.
0: That's right, Freight Waves. And then we have Manifest coming up in January as well we'll be at.
1: I will see you at Manifest. I'm uh, looking forward to that one. And I know F3 is going to be great. I don't know about the other one that Bill's already at, but uh, well, we'll see you guys. You, I'm assuming you guys are all the major conferences, We are, right? yes. All the major conferences. Mm-hmm. Well, we will see you there. Again, I love what you guys are doing because you're, you're making... Somebody, you're corralling all these great options that people want to use and want to have that, but they want to use them, but they want to have that consistent experience. One place,
0: right. In one place.
1: I don't want to, if I'm the shipper, I don't want to go into 10 different systems and I want to be texting. No, sir. (laughs) I don't want to be texting Joe and emailing Matt. I want one system. Right.
0: You want one integrated system. It makes it real easy.
1: Yeah. Well, Matt, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you, Joe. Yep. And thank all of you for listening to my podcast. Your support's very much appreciated. Until next time, onward and upward. You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where
0: we engage in conversation with experts in the logistics field. For more details, visit thelogisticsoflogistics.com or follow Joe Lynch on LinkedIn.